As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to Prospects to Pros. We talk about the guys in college that are about to get drafted, the guys in the pros that just got drafted, and uh, and pretty much everything in between. I'm Andy Staples. Here with Dane Brugler, the athletics draft guru. We're going to talk a lot of quarterbacks on today's show. We're going to talk with Eric Galco from the East-West Shrine Bowl about the seniors. And Dane and I are also going to get into those undergrad QBs. First, let's talk about some of the guys that are already in the NFL. We've talked about Trayvon Walker a bunch. And, you know, it, it, it's it's funny because we had this debate of, of him or Aiden Hutchinson. They both turned out to be great draft picks. The Jags seem happy. The Lions seem happy. But the Jaguars had another first rounder, and he might be as good. Well, and I would argue that it was more of a surprise to see Devin Lloyd uh, fall mm-hmm. to pick twenty-seven as opposed to Walker going number one overall. Uh, you know, yeah. To me, these these were both top ten players in this draft, um, and that, that's how they were on my board. I know a lot of people felt that way. But I think some of the average testing numbers from Devin Lloyd uh, and, and the age, he's an older prospect. People really harped on that, and he fell a little bit. But, man, he was such a playmaker in college. I mean, as you know, uh, the production was ridiculous. Hundred ta- mm-hmm. Over 100 tackles, 22 tackles for loss. Only Will Anderson had more tackles for loss. Uh, he had double-digit passes defended. He had four picks. So instincts, play speed, 
making plays all over the field. He did that in college, and no surprise he's doing that in Jacksonville. A former safety, so it's not a surprise he already has two picks as an NFL player. Um, and, and I've said this before, I, he's basically what I think the Chargers were hoping Kenneth Murray would be when they traded yeah. up for him in the first round a few years ago. Well, I, I like these guys that were safeties and kind of grew into something else and, and grew into linebackers, but are also linebackers who can rush the passer, who are yeah. very versatile. And it makes you a Swiss Army knife. It makes you kind of personnel agnostic. And that's what that's what yeah. offenses do. And we saw it in college when, when they changed the clock rules and made it where they all these offenses would go up tempo. It became very valuable to have offensive guys who could be versatile because then you didn't have to substitute and give away what you were doing. And also, if you if you substitute, the defense is allowed to substitute. So what did, what did college defenses do? Well, they started looking for their own Swiss Army knives, and that's how you got Derwin James and Jarrell Peppers and, and people like that. And now you're seeing it in the NFL, and it's so valuable because you can disguise so much with somebody like that. Right. Yeah, and it's, you want scheme-proof guys personnel proof doesn't matter if it's 12 personnel 22 personnel on offense uh, you're running base or sub package they can stay on the field and that's that's exactly what Devin Lloyd he's a four down player keep him on the yeah. field in special teams he could do it so yeah that was a I think a lot of people that were scratching their heads when the Jaguars drafted another linebacker uh with that second first round pick but uh I, I don't think anybody's scratching their head now well, it's, it's just amazing because that position going into last season seemed you know it seemed like they they were set they knew what they wanted to do right. and it's that whole group has been turned over that that whole room is turned yep. over but you you could argue it's it's significantly better now and the you know because everybody's talking about trevor lawrence turning the corner i think that defense having legit playmakers on it now makes a huge difference for them and it, and i know justin herbert was banged up but just seeing right. them look as confident and as just, I don't know. I mean, they have guys who look special now. And, and it's been a while since the well, Jaguars it, had that. Five, five years ago, they had a defense that looked like that. It, it, it speaks to the philosophy in the draft of best player available, where, you know, you don't, it's not like Madden where you say, oh, I've got, you know, three decent linebackers, so I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go to, you know, you draft best player. You, you just get talent, you know, with, uh, you know, injuries and everything that happens in the NFL. Uh, you know, you just want to get the best talent. And I'm sure they had Devin Lloyd ranked as very highly on their draft board. And for him to still to be there at 27, it becomes a no-brainer at that point. Because again, you know, maybe besides quarterback, every other position, you just keep stockpiling talent. You know, that, that should be the goal in the first, uh, you know, two, three rounds of the draft. So let's talk about another guy who I loved in college, just like Devin Lloyd, a, a straight-up football player who is he always finds a way to be near the ball. When he is on the field, he is near the ball, and that's Jalen Petrie from, from Baylor. He's with the Texans now. Played unbelievably against the Bears. and It's going to be a long year for the Texans. I think we, we know that. But this is the reason, you know, this, is, this type of player gives you hope that they're going to come out of this eventually. Yeah, Justin Fields helped out uh, the Texans a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Little bit, little bit. It, 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 Different discussion for a different time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jalen Petrie was so much fun in that Dave Aranda defense. Um, another guy that was just all over the field. I mean, he had 18 tackles for a loss as a safety. 
uh, last season as a senior because they played him. They played him as an edge player. They play him in the box. They play him, uh, you know, as a more traditional post safety. They play him in the slot as more of a nickel player. So um, he just like Devin Lloyd, he now has multiple interceptions this year uh, in three games as an NFL player. So that it's pretty impressive. Uh, he was my number 38th ranked player in the draft. He was drafted 37th. And mm-hmm. I won't be surprised when he outplays both those numbers because he's off to a really nice start. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's it's hard because those are always my favorite players. And, and we mentioned, we've mentioned we mentioned Jaquan Brisker before on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I love the guys who are just always around the ball who, you know, like in high school, they were probably every, they probably played every position because they were the smartest player on the field and, and also the best athlete. But I always say prioritize those guys but sometimes those guys do it with smarts and with with want to in college and don't have the athleticism to back it up these guys absolutely do have the the traits to back it up and and that's what's that's what's very exciting oh yeah petrie was a a 446 guy i mean he had a really nice three cone so he he blew everybody away with the testing you you couple that with uh, the tape, and then you add in uh, the production that he had, and you know it's kind of a little bit of a wonder. He he was the fourth safety drafted, and maybe not mm-hmm. yeah, the second or third. So it's it, it, last year was a nice safety class. You know we'll see Kyle Hamilton had a forced fumble over the weekend. Uh, you know Lewis Seen still getting worked in the mix there in Minnesota, yeah. and uh, Daxton Hill got his first uh, start over the weekend for the Bengals. So it, it was a really you mentioned Brisker, a really nice safety class. It'll be fun to track these guys. Another guy I loved watching last year, and I was watching his his former team's game last Thursday night, and and thinking, man, they miss him a lot. Is Jelani <laughs> Woods, the tight end from Virginia? Uh, Brennan, Armstrong. Brennan Armstrong, he, he agrees. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah Keaton Thompson is nice and and versatile, but Jelani Woods made such a difference in that offense. He was such a mismatch, yeah. and now you see him with the Colts. They break the the Chiefs win streak and, and and you know you know maybe it was the open roof i don't know i don't know what it was but two touchdowns for jelani woods well he had zero targets in the first two games so he's not even on the radar in terms of okay this is going to be this guy's going to be a factor in this game against the chiefs uh and he only had two touch or two catches in the game but he made both of them count both were touchdowns uh and those were the only two touchdowns the colts scored in the game uh, but that ended up being enough for uh, for the upset. So yeah, credit to to uh, Jelani Woods, who you know, former quarterback, starts at Oklahoma State, then goes to Virginia as a as a graduate transfer, uh, goes to the the Shrine Bowl. Uh, we'll be talking with uh, Eric Galco here in a minute, uh, and you know that that's really where he kind of the draft stock took off. You know, that's where he start mm-hmm. got started, and then it kept going at the combine, kept going through workouts, and so Jelani Woods turned himself into a, a much higher draft pick, and good to see him on the field. I wish he could wear that zero in the NFL. That was that was a beautiful <laughs> sight watching him in that zero in, at, at Virginia. Uh, right. You, you mentioned Eric Galco in the Shrine Bowl. Well, let's, let's bring on Eric Galco right now because we want to talk some quarterbacks. Hi, Eric. How you doing? What's going on, guys? I love the Jelani Woods talk. Thanks, Dave, for bringing him up, too. It's my guy. <laughs> well, we, we it's almost like we knew you were coming on. So, <laughs> hey, Credit but, to you for having him uh, in last year's game because that that was the the leaping off point for him, right? I mean, that that's yeah. where, uh, you know, he every, every day at practice, you know, the practice reports were Jelani Woods this, Jelani Woods that. And then from there, it's just the combine and everything else. So um, I, 
did he surprise you at all in, in last year's uh, during during practices uh, in Vegas? You know, I'm I'm a sucker for guys with interesting backgrounds when it comes to scouting, right? Former quarterbacks with great athleticism playing tight end. The biggest thing for Jelani that we loved on film, even like early on, I think it was Oklahoma State like week zero, week one, week two, uh, his senior year, was just like for a guy to still learn the position, to be that good as a separator downfield and stay balanced after contact, like special athlete. But the Shrine Bowl, I think you mentioned, he showed that he could beat NFL safeties, nickel corners, linebackers consistently. Like it was him and – the kid from Ohio, Armani Rogers, a former quarterback too, who like, wow, these guys can separate and they're still learning the position too. So um, Jelani had like, that was an arrow pointing up, like athletically he was good, but he dominated that week for sure. Eric, how much do you see that with tight ends in terms of projection? Because it does feel like whether it's coming from basketball later in life and in and, and late in high school or, or even in during college or moving from another position, how often are those guys still learning what they need to do, whether it's the blocking piece of it or the, the route running part of it? Yeah, I mean, usually quarterbacks going to tight ends, it only works when they're freak athletes, right? So it's really Logan easy Thomas. to be like, oh, yeah, exactly. Quarterbacks going to tight end. It seems like, oh, obviously, like maybe a guy, you know, good quarterback athlete, maybe be a tight end, but they've got to be freak. Armani Rogers, Jelani Woods, this past year, like those guys are, you know, A-plus athletes. Logan Thomas, like you mentioned, too. So that's the only time it really works. But when it works – you can kind of see with Jelani, like he understands where to sit in zone coverages because he used to be a quarterback at Oklahoma State his freshman year. So it it, it shows up on film and when it does, plus they're good athletes, that's when you get really excited because that, that means the sky's all there for this kid too. I think he'll have more than two catches the rest of the season, Dan. He'll be he'll be a guy part of that Hulk's offense. They need some help there for sure. Well, when they target him, good things happen. So uh, that's it. I think and the Colts need all the help they can get right now with uh <laughs> On offense, but listen, uh, one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on is to talk about some of these quarterbacks. This is a it's a really interesting senior class of quarterbacks. I think most would agree. Will Levis at the top out of Kentucky, but then after him, it's a it's a really uh, I would say crowded group of guys that are jockeying for position. Uh, you know who's going to be the second senior, the third senior, all that. Uh, and I tell you what, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee made made himself. Uh, uh, quite a statement uh, in the game against Florida over the weekend. What have you seen from from Hendon Hooker, and you know how does he how does he project for you guys? Last year he was so efficient as a passer, right? What like three or four interceptions tops. Three. And the question I, I coming into the year was, could he stay that efficient? Was it a bit of the offense and manufacturing things? But the Florida game, uh, the Pitt game early in the year, like he's taking chances downfield. Now he has. You know, Brew McCoy, who's becoming a really good receiver. Cedric Tillman, obviously, maybe a first-round pick. But he's taking chances, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. And based on the film I watched, Dan, I'm not sure if you agree or not, I don't think I've even seen a close interception. Like, he's not putting the ball up for grabs of defense at all, and they're scoring points and getting downfield. And, you know, I always question, like, hey, what are what's this quarterback superpower? If you're going to be an NFL starting quarterback, you've got to have something that only five, ten guys in the league can do. And that deep ball accuracy is really his. Like Sam Powell had a bit of that early on his career in North Carolina. And I think Hendon, that deep ball accuracy makes him pretty special. And I think it's, you know, when you look at the arm talent, maybe he's not special, special. Athletically, he's not Lamar. But that deep ball touch and that efficiency, I can't believe NFL teams wouldn't want that guy to at least compete for a starting job. And that puts him somewhere in the first two rounds if he's used as a starter. So I think Hendon showed that last year. I think he's kind of reaffirmed that this year with how efficient he's played. How, how do NFL teams handle scouting a guy who essentially has had two different college careers? Because Hendon Hooker yeah. at Virginia Tech is a very different quarterback than Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. And I remember I, I went to Knoxville over in, in the spring, and I had not seen Hendon in person 
until then. And he walks in the room and I'm just like, whoa, you are a lot bigger than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> and, and you're like, okay, now I understand how he's such a willing runner, especially near the goal line. And like, there, there's a lot of value in that, but, but I go back to Virginia tech and there, it was just, you know, it, it wasn't the same sort of accuracy. And is that, do they say, okay, well, maybe that was just the offense or how do they, how do they reconcile those things? I think the way I look at it is that he was just not experienced yet, right? We give guys, he's a three-year college starter and he's gotten better over three years. Kenny Pickett, his sophomore year at Pitt, right? It was the same team, but different offenses that sophomore year. He wasn't as good as he was in the end too. But I think in terms of transferring in different schools, I don't think scouts that were still pretty unprecedented, right? Five years ago, even quarterbacks weren't transferring at the rate they are right now with having success. So, you know, five, six years ago, a guy that transferred and made the NFL, those were like, whoa, this guy, you know, where'd he come from? And now we're just used to these guys transferring and there's a USC quarterback in every conference at this point. Right. So we're exactly. we're used to transfers. But I think Hendon can kind of move past Virginia Tech. But that's why this year was important. Right. Being efficient last year was surprising. This year, he's showing that that's who he is. And again, if you're an efficient quarterback who can finish downfield and you're a good athlete, those guys go top two rounds and those guys get the chance to compete for starting jobs in the NFL. So Hennon's earned that. How do you think age factors in here too with Hooker? Because he is, he's going to be a 25 year old rookie. Uh, he'll be 25 when he's drafted. And that's something that yeah. uh, I, I, every NFL team looks at that a little bit differently. I, but I think with quarterbacks, maybe they look at it differently than say a skill position. So how does age factor in for a lot of these teams? Yeah. Quarterback. I think you're right. I think for most teams, age, is more of the falls off a cliff. A guy can't be a third round pick and old, right? Then it goes like undrafted or late round pick. But I think for quarterback, hey, you get a, you get Hennon Hooker there in his four year rookie deal as a second round pick. He's still under the age of thirty, right? Look at it that way. Like after his contract's done, he hasn't quite hit thirty yet. So I think I mean when you get to Brandon Whedon, it's a little bit of a different story. But I think for Hendon, like yeah, I, I think the age is going to be notable for teams. I think what's more important when it comes to age, and I think some teams disagree with me, and some teams kind of share the same thought. It's less to me about age and it's more have they peaked yet, right? If you are, you know, didn't play football until you were 18 years old and then you're a 25-year-old rookie, hey, you know, body type, hey, you might age quicker at 33, 34. But the, the tread of the tires, the ability to get a lot better, that's really the real question. And I think Hendon, because of what happened at Tech and only last year being a real start of the whole year after, you know, week one, I think he still has a lot of room to get better too. But the age is a factor. I don't think it'll inhibit him from being a top two or three round pick though. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. Let's let's talk about Will Levis because his production was not particularly great last year. It's obviously the, the traits that, that everybody's working off. He does seem to be more efficient this year, but not a lot that's completely wowgy yet. The Florida's the, the best team they've played and 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 it was an okay game for him against them. What does he need to do to kind of solidify his spot as as the first senior off the board? You know, I think it's interesting for Will. This the team lost what? Three linemen from last year in the draft. Yes. They've yep. lost a lot of receivers. They're, and Rodriguez their starting running there. back has been out until he'll be back this week. And their backup, Ramon Jefferson, he got out in training camp. So, like, yep. he's had to, I think, make do. And what I've been impressed with Will, the arm talent hasn't gone away. We know what the arm talent can be, is that they've kind of manufactured wins, right? I noticed at Florida game, by about the end of the first half, early second half, he kind of, I think he saw in the Kentucky offense, saw, hey, Anthony Richardson's not playing well right now. And if we don't have to take chances downfield and make big plays, Let's just pick up first downs, run the ball. And it looked to me that Will recognized that and, and Rick Kangarell recognized that, and he's won games. And I think there's something – I know quarterback wins isn't a stat, but an SEC play against good competition, if he can be a game manager, which is a bad word nowadays, but if he can be a game manager with that arm talent, then I'm pretty excited still. So I think we'll see the best of Will Levis. Davion Robinson, a transfer, he's starting to get settled. They have a lot of good young receivers that I saw when I was there in camp, and they're playing better and better. So – I think we'll see big plays, but I think for Will, the question I always bring up, I talked to Dana about this in the preseason, is what if Josh Allen was in the SEC? What would he have been like, right? Would it have been what is with the Bills? Would it have been struggles like this? Would he have kind of toned down a little bit to win games? So that's kind of where I go with Will is I'm not sure what to make of the season. And I think his best comp is somewhere between Blaine Gabbert and Josh Allen. And I think we'll see more of that towards the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you you hit on, I mean, losing Wondell Robinson, uh, you know, the yeah. change it. Offensive coordinator, you know, that's there's a lot of moving parts there. And so the Will Levis and the Kentucky offense we're seeing the first four games, probably not the same uh, offense we're going to see the last four games of the season. So it'll be interesting to compare and contrast those two things. One of these senior quarterbacks that I really have enjoyed watching and studying is is Clayton Toon at uh, at Houston. Uh, this is this is a tough kid. He, he moves pretty well for a size. Uh, I think he did, operates did you see the really... Sup- Superman in triple overtime in, against UTSA? Yeah. UTSA. I mean, that's that, you, that, you, the two things I just mentioned, toughness and moving well for a size. He showed it on that play, no doubt. Uh, but, I mean, even inside the pocket, I think the, the, the pocket movements are really impressive with him. So he, he has the presence where he can climb. He can work around the noise. And I think he has just really good timing, uh, you know, a good feel for routes, uh, when receivers are starting to come open. 
Um, so there's a lot. There, there are times where he'll make some low percentage throws, but I've been impressed with Clayton Tune. Uh, is he a guy that that's on your radar uh, in terms of someone you're looking at p- potentially being your game? Absolutely. I mean, I I remember watching him uh, when he took over for De'Ara King after the surprise four game transfer, and it was not great. But the toughness showed up by the end of that year. You kind of saw some of the improvisation stuff, which I really value in quarterbacks. Is can you improvise when the play breaks down? Because that's what happens in the NFL quite a bit. Um, I got a chance to see Clayton Tune three times this summer, once at Houston, once with Jordan Palmer um, when he did a private camp out there, and then Manning Passing Academy. And along with being tough, as you said for Clayton Tune, he is about as cool as can be. I mean, at Manning Camp, like he was the popular guy. Um, He won the Manning Passing Competition. And I think that, I hate to use the term moxie, Mark Sanchez kind of ruined the term moxie for me when everyone said moxie with him. But I think that kind of moxie, that confidence – like you saw in the UTSA game, right? With that, like a game winning touchdown diving play, but the way teammates rally around him. And I think that transitions to as a quarterback, you kind of mentioned there's some composure there, right? Some mistakes there, but he's never really rattled, never moments too big for him. The arm talents there, the accuracies there. I think right now the offensive line hasn't really helped him too much, right? He's averaging four sacks a game. He's getting sacked, right? And he's a lot of that offense predicated on Tank Dell. I think Tank Dell is catching 40, 45% of their balls. Right. So it's a little bit predictive right now. That's why they struggled. But I think you're right. The talent's there. And I would be very, very confident Clayton Tune is not only a draft pick, but he's the kind of kid and the kind of quarterback that plays in the league for 10 years, whether he's a starter, whether he's a valued backup. Like worst case, that guy's case Keenum. And best case, it could be a lot more. So big Clayton Tune fan. I think he's, even though the team struggled a little bit this year, I think he still played well to your point. So I want to talk about a couple guys in the ACC and we're going to kind of be able to compare them a little bit apples to apples because you just saw Sam Hartman go against Clemson's defense, which nasty up front, not so sure about it on the, on the back end Threw six touchdowns against them. Oh, in a huge game, obviously Clemson came out victorious in double overtime, but you, you, you had him and now NC state comes to Clemson this week. Devin Leary gets his crack at the Clemson defense. This is the best collection of athletes. Either one of them is going to play in the regular season. What have you seen from these two guys? I think Sam, the hard part about Sam is I think he's a, I mean, I think his arm talent's better than people think sometimes because of that offense. It's just that mesh point being so late mm-hmm. and the fact that he's got really talented receivers that are kind of jump ball guys that it's something like you don't want to take away because those six touchdowns all counted and they were all great throws. And usually with that low mesh point, you get a benefit of the guys cheating up a little bit but you're always making off-balance throws, right? He's never set when he's throwing the ball deep. So it's it's kind of like a give and a take as an evaluator. But Sam's really consistent. Sam is has a lot of control in that offense, I've been told, right? He, he's able to kind of dictate a little bit things pre-snap and adjust. And obviously the mesh point is all him and not a lot of turnovers from there too. But the big question for Sam is when he leaves that offense, can he be that pocket game manager? He's not a dynamic athlete. The arm talent's good, not great. And can he still be a pocket manager in that offense? But he made the most of it again having – a lot of talented receivers, especially jump ball guys, right? One of the best three or four receiving groups in the country. A.T. Perry. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. the Jamil, Jamil Green, is that his name? The underclassman? Yeah. yeah. He played outstanding in that game too. Donovan Green had a touchdown too. So they have got a lot of guys out there. Um, for Devin, they're 4-0, right? But just one road game so far. And that was East Carolina. And that was a little bit. It was tight. Question to it. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't yeah. played so much. And the biggest thing I looked away, because I'm looking forward to this game and scouting it, you know, live and then watching the film right afterwards is Devin four for 20 on throws past 25 yards. Hasn't had to throw too, too much, but it hasn't been there yet. Now, all four were touchdowns, right? So that's the only caveat. But 
I want to see if Sam Hartman took advantage downfield. I think those downfield throws, when I watch the film, I'll cut it up for throws 20 yards and beyond and see how Devin did under pressure as well as just finishing downfield. He had the same, he's got Devin Carter, but not the same kind of deep ball, jump ball receivers that Sam Hartman has. Yeah, I think that with Leary, this being his third season in the same offense, I, I there's expectations there. And I, I don't know that he's quite lived up to those yet, but uh, you know, we'll see how he performs, especially this weekend with, with Clemson on the schedule. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, was, I was really impressed with him as a, as a middle-of-the-field thrower uh, as opposed yep. to outside the numbers in terms of accuracy, in terms of placement. Um, and then with Hartman, I you know, I agree with uh, a lot of what you said. I, I think that's something that's – it's really going to help him is just the, the, the toughness, the intangibles. If he's on the same line, you know, when teams are stacking these guys, if he's on the same line as one of these other quarterbacks, the intangibles might give Sam Hartman the itch because of, you know, it, it, let's just remember, you know, a month ago he had a blood clot, uh, major surgery, uh, he had to have that removed. He really shouldn't be out there this quick, but he was out there. So he's showing the toughness. He's playing at a high level. Um, it, it's in the, the offense that he's playing and you're absolutely right. It's, and it's not that he can't do it. It's just, there's going to be a projection there, which makes it a little tough. One other ACC quarterback to mention, uh, Phil Dracovic from Boston college. I mean, he's also in this mix, right? Yeah. Real quick on Sam too. There's a lot of similarities to Sam and Brock Purdy, right? Who was Mr. Irrelevant, but he's made the Niners roster. Probably their long-term backup. Like we kind of I, I lost love, over those love guys. Brock Purdy so much. We, like he's, we he's going to make so him. much money. <laughs> Right. We kind of forget about him after three years. He's old news. And then he just ends up being a backup for a long time. And he'll start games. He'll be Cooper Rush one day in three years. And he'll be a guy. Um, Djokovic, that's a team that I think it's tough to evaluate Phil entirely. They've had so many offensive line injuries that it's been really tough and frustrating for that offense. I was actually just up at Boston College today watching practice. And they've got plenty of receiving talent. They've got some young offensive line. But Christian Mahogany going down. Kevin Klein, their right tackle, went down. I think it's been hard to evaluate Phil Dracovic. That offensive line's healthy. There's no way they're one and three right now. And I think for him, it's hard to kind of get in the rhythm. He's a guy that can off play action, downfield. He can make big, big throws. I mean, I mean, 2019, he was shades of Big Ben. Or 2020, maybe was. Shades of Big Ben of what this guy could be. That, that, this this year was supposed to be the year. A 2020 Clemson game when uh, when yes. DJ had to make the start for Trevor. Yeah. And Phil was... Phil was lights out against that defense, and yes, it, it, you you looked at it and you're like, that is an NFL quarterback. But you're but you're right. I mean, against Florida State, they they just they couldn't function, and yeah. so I, I can imagine it's tough. Who who are some of the other senior quarterbacks that that you're you've got your eye on right now? Uh, Aiden O'Connell, um, I think has played really well. He's a top guy as well too, and I think. He's what two late drives away from being four and zero, right? Garrett Schrader has that late comeback after the five, six, seven penalties, and right? Replacement Sean style, Clif like and everyone. then Sean Clifford did it, and for, then Sean Penn State against him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he could be four and zero. This could be a different, different story altogether. He and Charlie Jones have been so fun to watch. Charlie Jones, another great player too, and I think for Aiden, he reminds me a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo, his private quarterback coach, Jeff Christensen, Coach Garoppolo, and the similarities are like. For me, like very, very, very direct. But the other guy that we've been impressed with, Jaron Hall at BYU. And that team I know has now a little bit to come to some high expectations. But that Wyoming game, as a scout perspective, third down, third and four, picks up six. Third and four, picks up seven. Fourth and four, makes a completion. The back shoulders are there consistently, just like Zach Wilson had two years ago. The downfield touch is there. The red zone stuff is there. And I think that comfort he has within his offense, plus the arm talent, the fluid release, the mobility like he's been 
from a scouting, the team is, I, I wish they were undefeated in a top 10 team right now, but from a scouting standpoint, not, everything he's done has been really impressive this year in that BYU offense. Last question for me. Uh, you mentioned Charlie Jones. Over, under, four four zero in the 40-yard dash for Charlie Jones. Uh, you know what's funny? I talked to someone earlier today, and they said four three eight. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go oh. under for right now, only because I'm bullish. And he beat I, Garrett I, Will, uh, Garrett Williams downfield twice, and he's a four three guy, four guy. So yeah, I mean Garrett Charlie Williams Jones is, is, a, is a, a punt returner. So I, yeah. we're we're not yeah. talking about a dude who's just trying hard out. Like he got a lot of oh, God given no. speed. So yeah, oh yeah, speed, yeah. ball skills. He's been he's been so much fun to watch that that Purdue offense with O'Connell. Uh, yeah, I mean O'Connell he. To me, he's right there in the mix to be that that second senior quarterback off the board. I mean, really, all these guys we've mentioned have at least a fighting chance as we get into October, November, and then, then the All-Star season. So it'll be a lot of fun to see it play out. Yeah, and that couple with the great junior class, it's going to be, I think, one of the deepest quarterback classes we've had in a few years. Um, so we'll, we'll have first-round guys, and like last year, we'll have a lot more depth than two years ago, too. So it'll be, a, I think, a really important year. And a lot of teams didn't take quarterbacks early last year because they knew this class was coming. And I think these guys so far have lived up to the hype. Eric Galco, East-West Shrine Bowl. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That he's right. I mean, it it feels like there are so many more options this year where you feel like even later down in the draft, you're going to get someone who might be serviceable, who might be a backup for a long time. You know, it, it didn't didn't necessarily feel that way last year. And I, I'm sure there were some people when you said, Will Levis first off the board and you said first senior off the board, there were probably some people who were like, where are we? What about CJ Stroud? Right. Yeah. OK, Eric's got to evaluate the seniors. That's who he can have in his game. He's not going to have C.J. Stroud. Well, C.J. Stroud's not going to play in any game like that because he's potentially the number one pick. But Bryce Young, those guys. I feel like C.J. Stroud got to flex over the weekend against Wisconsin. They're just toying with people at this point. But he's so fun to watch. Yeah, he is. That that entire offense is is fun to watch. And that honestly, my main takeaway from that Wisconsin tape was Man, this offensive line is really, really good. Uh, so yeah. you know, it's we, we talk about the guys in that Ohio State offense that touch the ball, and, and as well we should. CJ Stroud is awesome. The receivers are ridiculous. The running backs are awesome. Uh, Cade Stover, I, I'm I'm naming myself the president of his fan club. Uh, he's he's, he's fun. Been so 
catching the and the ball just sticks to his hands uh, as a receiver. And then him as a blocker, I mean, he's removing defensive ends from the play. It's really fun to watch. But the offensive line's been awesome. I mean, with you know Paris Johnson at left tackle, uh, there, there's a true sophomore at left guard who looks like a, a future uh, you know, early round pick. Whipler at center is great. De- Dewan Jones at right tackle, one of the biggest human beings that we'll evaluate. So the offensive line is really, really fun. But yeah, back to Stroud. He uh, he had a really nice uh, nice game, and you know he threw his first pick. Yeah, that, that'll happen. But uh, you know, all in all, it was a very positive outing for him against a defense that. Had only given up three touchdowns, I think, uh, in the first three games. So it's not like this yeah, defense they're, was they're, reeling. They're well coached. Jim they, Leonard, former NFL right, safety, yeah. has them in the right places all the time. It, you, you did mention Paris Johnson. I did want to point out to our audience. Uh, have you read any of Paris Johnson's copy, by the way? Did you know that Paris Johnson is a is a reporter? Like he writes really? for the Lantern, the school that. paper. He's good. Okay. Like he's very is good. It? Like he's he's coming for our jobs in about 15 years when he retires from the NFL and doesn't need to, you know, he's just bored because he's got millions I, I, in the bank. I've seen he's done a few, like, the video stuff. I've seen a few of those, um, you know, where, you know, walk around campus, that type of thing. But, no, so he can, uh, he, he's got the oh, the journalism chops too, huh? My man can turn a phrase. No, it, it, he's he's good. I, I I reached out to his mom. I, I read the, you know, she, had, she was retweeting his stories, and I was like, this was <laughs> – He's got a future. Too bad his future in the NFL is much, much brighter. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Cade Stover was was awesome to watch. And, you know, when, when he retires from the NFL, maybe he will be raising the brisket that you someday smoke because that is uh, his background. Well, did you see uh, his his um, announcement video when he announced he was going to Ohio State? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that was awesome. He's carrying these hay bales. He's, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're mixing in these high school clips. He gets into a tractor. And then as he's driving the tractor away, there's an Ohio State flag on the back. I mean, Kate Stover's, he's just a boss. So that's just, that's the great. Man, the man appreciates production value too. That's that's the best part. So we're, we're going to see Bryce Young go to Arkansas this yeah. week. And I, I'm interested in that because the Razorbacks are a funny defense. Uh they either knock your head off or you torch them. And so it'll be interesting to see Bryce Young because Alabama's offensive line has not been perfect mm-hmm. to this point. So how does Bryce Young handle that? I, I, I've always felt like his best attribute is his ability to keep a play alive with his feet, but not in terms of a scramble, in terms of keeping his eyes downfield, staying behind the line of scrimmage and making something happen. This could be one of those games where you see him float for a while and then just, bink, you know, long touchdown pass. Right. And uh, this will – the Arkansas defense has a few interesting pros uh, or future pros. Uh, Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer. Yeah. Alabama uh, transfer, yep. yeah. Yeah, having a really nice season so far. Uh, he's putting a lot of pressure uh, on the pocket, on the quarterback. He's, he's taller, so he, it looks a little – Awkward at times, but he gets uh, he's able to get that pressure. He's got shock in his hands, so he's moving blockers at the point of attack. Really active. I mean, he's really long, and so he's able to disengage from those blocks. He's a lot of fun. Uh, and Bumper Pool, I think, has been in been at Arkansas for about eight, eight years now. Uh, and then a, a guy that really flashed on that Texas A&M t- uh, tape is safety Miles Slusher, number two. Yep. Uh, with uh, Jalen Catalan out, you know, some of these guys need to step up. 
Number two, I mean, this he kept showing up in, in run support. Uh, his read-react is awesome. He, he can physically take on blocks. He can make plays in coverage. So a, a couple names to watch. Uh, you know, that's what Bryce, uh, Bryce Young will be looking at. But this will be a, a good opportunity for Alabama. to. You know, they, they played Vanderbilt last week. So we haven't really seen them be really tested since that Texas game. So this would be a, a good test for them. Another junior QB, and this is this guy is a subject of constant debate among us in the college football world. If you go to my my post game show on my podcast, we talked about DJ Uyunglele on Saturday, and and it's always in it's always framed in okay, is he the guy? At what at some point are they going to to try Cade Klubnik, the freshman? But DJ had a very good game against Wake Forest. I thought the two touchdown passes he threw in overtime might have been the two best throws he's made in, in college. And, you know, I, the thing is, though, that is Wake Forest. He's about to play a more talented defense than, than Wake Forest. And, you know, he's got Florida State coming up as well, which which has more athletes than, than he's seen. And I'm just curious if he is a, a true draft prospect now, because I don't know, it just it still doesn't feel quite right. It, yeah, maybe that's just because we're used to Trevor Lawrence running that offense, and maybe it's because there's no T. Higgins, no Amari Rod. They, they really haven't had those A plus receivers. But right. I'm curious how scouts view DJ, and is it is it even a thought that he's a prospect for next year's draft, or or does he is when he one they think is going to be a senior next year? Well, and I think regardless, the main takeaway here is you're encouraged by the progress, right? So, you know, yeah. I think it helps that he's getting more help around him. Um, but you, you factor in, he's down 25, 30 pounds. That's a big deal. Um, the mechanics look a lot better than what he put on tape last year in terms of his upper body and lower body, just, just being on the same page. You know, being it, it looked so disjointed last year, and that caused a lot of his throws to be inaccurate. So he looks more in control, and everything's on the same page from his feet to his eyes. That's a big deal for him. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that, that game against Wake Forest on Saturday, maybe his best performance in college to date. It, it's at least yeah. in the conversation. So yeah, he's he's. It, it's a little early to say. Okay, this guy should legitimately think about coming out, and you know what rounds are going to be drafted and that type of thing. But I, I, I'm encouraged. I think scouts, they feel encouraged by the progress. This is what you want to see. You want to see him get better. You want to see him correct some of those mistakes that we've seen in the past. So, you know, Clemson, they're, you know, they're undefeated going to uh, playing in a tough NC state team this weekend. So, you know, it, it's the ACC. There's some, there's some talent, but nothing that I think really scares you if you're Clemson. So it, it'll be interesting to see how far DJ can take this team. Yeah, it, it will be interesting because the progress is real. The question is, is he good enough to take them to the playoff to you know for a potential national title run? Because that's that's what's expected at Clemson now. And we've seen Dabo Sweeney make a quarterback change midstream before when the guy he had was pretty good in Kelly Bryant, but the guy waiting in the wings was very good in Trevor Lawrence. I don't know that Kate Klubnik is, is quite that, but... It is one of those things that it is going to be a topic of discussion until DJ starts showing that he can be dominant as a Clemson quarterback. Right. And that and may, it, may have something to do with supporting cast. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I mean, that that Will Shipley uh, touchdown run in the fourth quarter was just 
unbelievable. I mean, there, yeah. there's Will he had Shipley no business. hurt a lot of last year too. That's another thing to, to consider. Right. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it, that that was a lot of fun. He, yeah, the offensive line looks like it's a little bit better, too. So, um, uh, But, you know, the, the, you look at that schedule, all of a sudden, you know, playing Florida State this year isn't exactly the Florida State we've seen the last, you know, two, three years. Yeah, it, it, it's not cakewalk. Be, right. That, it, that'll be an interesting game. So, yeah, it, there's some definitely some matchups coming up here starting this Saturday for Clemson that I think will tell us a lot more about – the quarterback, but and then also the program uh, for this season, at least. Another underclass QB that we need to talk about, and this is the one that, that our guy Robert Mays was like, who is this guy? Jalen <laughs> Daniels uh, at Kansas. A lot of people so, are saying that. Yeah, found by by Brent Deerman, who was the, uh, the offensive coordinator brought in by Les Miles very briefly to, to try to salvage what was going on there because it – they, they were having all sorts of issues and, and, you know, Kansas has had all sorts of issues and the Les Miles era ended badly, but Brent Deerman, who's now at, at Florida Atlantic, uh, found this guy in, in Southern California and, and was like, okay, I think, I think this could be a special player. They threw him in right away. He was learning on the job, but now in, in Lance Leopold's offense, he is just magic uh, and a lot of it's with his legs so it's if you're evaluating from an nfl standpoint you're you're probably not as concerned about that but he's a very efficient passer who also happens to be devastating as a runner and, and maybe we should have saw some of this coming because he he started that game against texas last year that they won last he year four, when they won yeah it four touchdowns in that game so um it, but he, at the same time, he wasn't the the guaranteed starter going into this year. It's just you know he earned the job, mm-hmm. and he's more than lived up to it. It's been a lot of fun to watch him. I think it's, what uh, is it eleven to one? I think touchdown interception ratio right now. Um, you know he's yep. he's playing at a really high level. And to your point, he's making some tight window throws. Uh, he's pushing the ball downfield. He's playing with a ton of confidence. Not the biggest guy. He's listed six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds. So he's probably more like 511 uh you know not not a, not a big guy right. but he's very efficient he's he does a really nice job uh understanding what the defense is trying to do and then what he can do to counteract that finding the vulnerable spot on the defense um that that Kansas team is really well coached with Lance Leipold who I have issue with uh, my senior year at Mount Union uh, I, I'm, I'm riding off into the sunset uh oh, no. you know gonna win the stag bowl it's it's my senior year uh, I, i'm watching from the sideline and lance leipold and his wisconsin whitewater uh crew just uh pierre garçon wasn't enough we just didn't have it in us um and, and i say us like i i did not play but i was i was working with the team and um yeah. it, it was just that was a heartbreaking heartbreaking stag bowl back in what was that 2007 so lance leipold the, he's they, that was early coach. in his, his whitewater tenure he was he was just getting warmed yeah. up yeah, he had him rolling there for for a good long while. But you know, kudos to him going to Buffalo, making that D three to FBS jump, having the success that he did. Now going to Kansas, and um, uh, you know, I just I, I almost feel for Kansas fans who I know they're on pins and needles about maybe losing too him good too, too early, too right. fast. <laughs> exactly. Now Nebraska's going to try to snag him. Arizona State's going to try to say, you know Georgia Tech want want to snag him. It's it is. I mean, Nebraska is probably just salivating there, like, oh, you're already recruiting in the footprint, so just just come over here and we'll pay you tons more money to do the same thing. 
So it, it is a, a tough one. I, I want to throw a, another QB at you. And, and this guy, he's, he's got a college degree right now, but he's actually an undergraduate by eligibility because of the COVID year. Austin Reed led West Florida to a D2 national title in 2019. Then they, they didn't, didn't play in 2020. He transferred to Western Kentucky for this year. To, to try his hand at the FBS, and he's having a pretty good season so far for the Hilltoppers. So 6'2", 230, and uh, he's averaging 8.9 yards per attempt, 14 TDs, three interceptions. So I just want to put that name on your radar in case that, that I, I, you go very deep. I wasn't sure if oh, yeah. you went D2 deep to, to West Florida, to the Argos. Well, hey, as a, as a former D3 guy, I definitely you know, got to give love to all levels, uh, D1, D2, D3, NAIA, all those guys for sure. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, Western Kentucky obviously coming off a season where they had Bailey Zappi, uh, you know, that they had everything rolling. Uh, they lose their offensive coordinator. He goes, he's now the offensive coordinator, Texas Tech. And so a, a different identity, it feels like. But watching that game against Indiana, uh, you know, they're still putting up points. They, they've still a productive yeah. unit. So yeah, Reed's definitely uh, a name on the radar, at least a, a guy that. You know, you're, we're keeping tabs on because he's he's being productive. He's making things happen. Yeah, that's what I, you know, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. I was I was wondering how how clued in because they're in Mobile and he was in Pensacola mm-hmm. for a few years and they they love to find those diamonds in the rough. But now now he's sort of a little more of a known commodity because you are seeing him play for for Western Kentucky. But it it is it is really interesting with the transfer rules the way they are. We talked about this a lot last week. Right. You can kind of change change your fortunes, and that's we 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 started with Hendon Hooker saying yeah. Cam Ward is another one. Cam Ward, I, Washington I, State, right now. I just about to bring him up. He, that's is a perfect segue to him because uh, you know at Incarnate Word, uh, you know doing a lot of good things, makes the move to Washington State this year, and they're playing good football. I mean, they had that that uh, tough loss against Oregon over the weekend, but Cam Ward is a name that scouts are talking about. You know, it, it, it's it's a name that are you know, uh, being discussed, um, you know, he's, there, there's some things he needs to work through. You know, the, sometimes the ball placement's inconsistent. Um, you know, the, the mechanics are a little bit off balance. Uh, his momentum's pulling him in all these different directions when he's trying to throw the football, but he's an athlete. He's got a quick release. Uh, it's, they're running kind of like an RPO based offense. And so he's got that quick load and fire, get the ball out. He just has an instinctive feel for working the pocket, operating around pressure, and then finding the matchup down the field. So Cam Ward, uh, you know, he's a junior. He, he's a guy that has eligibility left. He'll he'll have an interesting decision to make uh, based on how he plays out the rest of the season. But Cam Ward is definitely a name that scouts have been talking about. And it's interesting that you talk about him being instinctive in the pocket. It certainly was not developed in high school because he ran the wing tee. This is why nobody knew about him. This is why he's 6'2", 220 pounds. He's from Texas. And you're like, how How did he wind up at Incarnate Word? Well, he wound up at Incarnate Word because that's where he went to camp. And he's throwing with the quarterbacks because his high school film doesn't show him throwing. It shows him running the wing tee. And so Eric Morris, who was the, the head coach at Incarnate Word, was like, we're going to keep you. We're going to keep you our little secret. And uh but Eric Morris is now the offensive coordinator at Washington State. Cam Ward followed him there. Uh, Lane Kiffin really wanted Cam Ward bad at Ole Miss. He he was after Cam Ward before they wound up taking Jackson Dart from USC. So I, I would imagine Cam Ward is a uh, is a very popular guy. Speaking of Jackson Dart, you will see him this week against Will Levis. So uh yep. that'll be a that'll be a fun one too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to 
watching Zach Evans in that game. Uh, another transfer oh, yeah. at running back, TCU, TCU to Ole Miss. He, he's one of the best running backs in, in, potentially in this class. And so seeing him going up against a Kentucky defense that, you know, they, they, that, that, that's what they're proud of is how they play defense. And so it's how, what he can do against them. Um, it, Ole Miss is, I think they're 4-0, right? I mean, they're, they are. they're, they're, they're playing is, good is, football. Yeah, we, we we call this the is are the, the the are they good bowl on on my podcast because we we had a little segment yeah. of are they good with the four and O teams that we're not really sure about yet and and I think the winner of that one you can pretty much say oh yeah they're they're pretty good but Evans is is a fascinating case you know five star guy originally signed with Georgia they cut him loose he goes to TCU everything implodes there Gary Patterson gets fired this offense that, that Lane Kiffin runs is it's interesting because more backs should be beating their, you know, beating down the doors of these offenses. The the it's Ole Miss, Arkansas runs it, Syracuse runs it. The, they're they're high tempo offenses, and everybody assumes they're chucking around offenses, but they will they will try to run for three hundred yards in a game if they can. Like if it, you if you go yeah. light on the box, they're going to hand you the ball. They're they're all about getting the ball in the the hands of their best playmaker. If that's a running back, yeah. so be it. If it's a receiver, it's a, it's, it's a Elijah Moore. Uh, you right. Know, at receiver. And that's what Lane did that first year. Right. Is he, once yeah. he figured out what Elijah Moore was, they mm-hmm. force fed Elijah Moore. And he's going to do the same thing with Zach Evans all year this year. Exactly. And so, yeah, that Ole Miss offense, uh, they can definitely score points. And Jackson Dart, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, USC transfer. I mean, once highly recruited. So, you know, kind of you know, the talents there, it's just, you know, what, what does it look like against better competition? And we're going to find out this weekend. Yeah, it, it'll be fun. And Chris Rodriguez coming back for Kentucky. Yeah, if you like running backs, so six and a, you know six point one yard a carry guy last year. He was suspended for the first four games. Uh, unfortunately, uh, maybe the best named player in, in college football, Cavassier Smoke, now will be reduced to a little more uh, more of a role player type situation instead of starting tailback. But uh, I think. For Kentucky fans, they'll they'll be happy to see Chris Rodriguez running the ball and maybe take a little pressure off Will Levis. So uh, it, it is going to be a fun week of college football. I am going to ask you about one more quarterback, though. Okay. This one, it, it, this is just purely me as a college football nerd because I don't I, I think I know what the answer is. Is there any chance? I don't think he gets drafted. Any chance Stetson Bennett makes a an NFL roster for a year? The way that, because I, I, I've been thinking about this quite a bit. Um, the way I've put it is, I've seen worse quarterbacks play NFL football than Stetson Bennett. I mean, Stetson Bennett. It's it depends how how do you define NFL prospect? You know, if he's right. a guy that NFL teams are running up a report about, guess what? He's an NFL prospect. So is Stetson Bennett an NFL prospect? Yeah, he is. It doesn't mean he's going to be drafted necessarily, or you know, he's going to make a roster. But, you know, his maturation that we've seen the last few years has been so impressive. Um, you know, he's he's limited, there's no doubt, as a as a physical player. But uh, there's a lot that he brings to the table that, I, you know, uh, Matt McGloin was, you know, starting games yeah. for the Raiders not too long ago. Ken Dorsey. I watched Ken Dorsey play or start, start games in the NFL. And, you know, these are, you know, guys that uh, are, you know, were saw, okay – Players in college, uh, you know, maybe that doesn't give enough credit. They maybe, you know, especially Ken Dorsey, winning national titles. But uh, a guy like Stetson Bennett, there's no reason why you know he can't make a roster and, and do some things. So it, it'll be really interesting to watch 
his uh, obviously finish the season, then the pre-draft process, you know, does he get invited to the senior bowl or uh, the East West Shrine bowl? Does he get a combine invite? Uh, that that'll clue us in on how a lot of teams are feeling about a Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Cause that's it. He's exciting to watch this year with all those weapons around him. And he throws a nice deep ball. He seems to, to, to have a, a flair for, for the moment, but a lot of it is when you've got Brock Bowers, you can do an yeah. awful lot of things. And, uh, you yeah. know, Brock Bowers, not a guy we'll be talking about much on this show until next year because he's he's only in second year in college. But he's, uh, yeah, he's if you had to if you had to do your Heisman ballot right now, is Brock Bowers in your top three? Yeah, I think he would be. And, and it's interesting because I, I, I was going back over some of my old Heisman ballots and, and looking for, you know, what I when I think I made a mistake and. I was thinking back to 2020. So I had Devontae Smith first because Devontae Smith was the engine that made Alabama go. But I had Kyle Trask on my ballot from Florida. And looking back, it should have been Kyle Pitts. Kyle Mm. Pitts was the truly special one that made that offense truly special. And I think that's where Brock Bowers fits in. There's not a comparison to him in college football. There's not another player like him. I mean, they handed him the ball against Kent State, and he ran for a 75-yard touchdown. He's a tight end, for yeah. God's sake. Like, this is – so I, I'm very, you know, intrigued with what he'll be. You know, I, I think Darnell Washington could be a good NFL tight end as well. Now, oh, yeah. they'll love his size, and he's just got to show he can be more productive. But he's not going to be as productive because he's the third best athlete in his tight end room right now. Yeah, and I mean – we can't even talk about Eric Gilbert because we don't know what's going on there. I mean, he he's yeah. as as gifted as they come, but can't find the field. But yeah, I mean, Darnell Washington as a blocker is a huge asset. Um, a, a massive target like that. He's a good athlete for that size. Uh, you know, he's got a good chance to be a day two pick. And then yeah, I mean, Brock Bowers. And, and you know, for those people screaming, "Oh, Kent State, Kent State," he he had uh, he took that end around against uh, South Carolina, you know, SEC uh, oh. speed. So I mean, yeah, it, I, Brock Bowers put enough on tape already. Like, oh, yeah. it doesn't, we you and, don't have to sell him to anybody at this point. L- listen, I, I'm a fan of the you have to be three years removed from high school before you go to the NFL. I think because it. From almost everybody, it's a it safety makes sense. issue. Exactly. Yeah. Ninety-nine percent of the people, of the players, it, it it's it's warranted. Brock Bowers is the one percent. He he's the one yeah. percent who you know Leonard Fournette was that way. There, there's a, there's a couple of guys that are the one percenters who uh, could be yeah exactly. They they could Will Anderson after last year go to the pros. They could do it I, with NIL now. You know you don't feel. As, as bad for those guys because they can still earn money at the college level, um, even if they are ready for the NFL. But yeah, Brock Bowers is definitely a one percenter. Yeah, I I can't wait to see what they do with him. They just, you know, because yeah. I, th- I still think they're finding things that they can do with him, which is oh, yeah. crazy scary given what he's already done. So uh, they'll, that'll be fun to watch. Uh, they play Missouri this weekend. Uh, I don't think Missouri will put up much of a fight. So I don't know how much we're going to, how much creativity they're going to need to muster with Brock Bowers. But there are a lot of road favorites in college football this week, which means chaos usually follows. So it'll be a fun weekend. Uh, and anybody that you're particularly got your eye on any game you've got your eye on other than maybe uh, Clemson and, and NC state, Ole Miss and, and Kentucky. 
Well, I, I do want to make sure that we mention KJ Jefferson, um, who yeah. you know, we, we talked about all these quarterbacks, and you know, we 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 should mention him. He's going up against an Alabama defense that you know, obviously, every year Alabama's defense is uh, locked and loaded with with future pros. So I want to see how KJ Jefferson uh, comes back after you know an up and down performance against A and M last week. So um, that'll be a big one. And then um, yeah, I want to see. That Michigan offense is starting to get going. Um, and, you know, Blake Corum's awesome at running back. Um, Shoemaker, the tight end, it, it is going to be drafted much higher than I think people realize. And so um, Jack Campbell for Iowa is a is a really good linebacker. How does he match up against the tight ends, against the running backs at Michigan? So that, that'll be a nice prospect matchup to watch. Yeah, and... Uh... Oluwatami, I'm, I'm, I'm. His first name, I'm gonna butcher it. Oh, he, I think he goes by Olu, Oluwatami, the center for Michigan who transferred yeah. from Virginia. Another right. one to watch. Uh, Maybe the most valuable addition in the offseason. Uh, they're against that Iowa defense, and you know, so we've seen Michigan look explosive on offense. Iowa's defense has had to carry Iowa's essentially non-functional offense, and <laughs> basically against Rutgers, the defense scored. Two touchdowns, you know, uh, in the first game against South Dakota State, they scored two safeties. So this will be fun to watch. If Michigan and and that group and Blake Corum and, and Ronnie Bell and J.J. McCarthy, if they are scoring all over Iowa's offense, look out. That's a legit playoff contender type team yeah. for Michigan. So And, the, and that we, defensive we'll line, see. which was a big strength, as we know, last year, they're starting to come along. I, I mean, uh, Mozzie Smith, who you know earned a lot oh, yeah. of praise this summer as number one on, uh, on Bruce's freaks list, he he had his best game to date against Maryland on Saturday. He had I think eight tackles. He was in the backfield mm-hmm. consistently. So Constantly. if he can if he can show that he's more than just a two down nose, that he has some uh, some range to what he offers, which I think he does. And with those freaky traits, uh, we're starting to see it on the field. And so that defensive line for Michigan, as it continues to grow and gel, and they're, they're working some different players in there, uh, that, that, that's Michigan. They've got some things going. Might be a legit top five team in college football this year. Can't wait. It's going to be such a fun weekend. Starts with uh, with Dolphins, Bengals in an all-time uniform. we got the white Bengals uniforms. I'm hoping Dolphins go throwbacks, and, and, and then it'll be just perfect. And, uh, and and it just rolls right in. you got you got UCLA and Washington on Friday night, and then a load of great games on Saturday. Dane, can't wait to watch. We'll have our Slack channel going. Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? <laughs> it, it, it's going to be awesome. This was The Athletic Football Show.